0: friends. Welcome to another episode of Doable Discipleship, a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith, or as Linda is going to say in a low baritone voice today. The show that helps you grow. (laughs) I love how you're game to follow me wherever I go with that part of the show, Linda. Um, My name is Jason. This is Linda. We are on the spiritual growth team at Saddleback Church, and uh, we're always excited to get to do this podcast with you guys. Today, we are starting a a new series we're going to do about four episodes here on the topic of trust um this is something it was an idea that was kind of uh it was a thrown to us by um our campus pastor jason williams who we'll actually have on as a guest at a episode um uh later in the series and it's just in, in the idea was just kind of talking about hey like it, trust seems to be a really kind of hot button topic right now in the culture so i feel like we should kind of and, you know, do something to talk about that. And we said, haha, we should do a, a, a podcast series on this. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Linda, when you heard about this topic, when I threw this topic out to you from talking with Jason, what, <clears throat> what were your kind of first instincts, first thoughts that came to your mind when we were talking about this?
1: I was so for it because just over the last year, year and a half, I've, I've even heard myself say out loud, like we can't even agree on what's true. Who can you trust? You know, we don't trust each other. We're not trusting what we're hearing. And it's just, it's, it's making people crazy. So I was yeah. really excited to kind of dig into this together.
0: Yeah. It's, it's definitely a, it's, it, it feels like it's a harder, worse topic now <laughs> than it maybe used to be like it. But I but I think if you actually like went back even, even 20, 30 years ago, I think mm-hmm. you would still see this kind of issue that they, it would still be kind of something that was on your mind. Like, like man, like it's it's so hard because a lot of people truly believe one thing. A lot of other people truly believe one thing. I don't know who to trust. People are saying this and that. And it's only yeah. seems to have kind of gotten more to the forefront um, as you look about the different availabilities of messaging platform, right? Different types of media, you know, there's like, you know, an infinite number of channels on your TV. So you can find a channel for anything. So it's that kind of thing. And then, so it just kind of, it's become this heightened question right now. And it's more at the forefront of our conscience, I think, just in terms of exactly what you were saying. What do I trust? Whom do I trust? Why do Mm -hmm. I trust? When do I trust? You know, all those all those reporter type questions, who, what, where, when, why, you know, how it's exactly. all, comes, it's all a part of this. And so, so that's really why we wanted to kind of dig a little deeper into this. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So today's, uh, episode, we're just going to kind of do a little overview, a little intro, a little just discussion between us kind of about this topic of trust and trustworthiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then the next episode, um, next week, we're going to um, have a conversation with Pastor Tom Holliday um, about the Bible as the ultimate source of truth um, and, and how and why we should go back to that when we're thinking about trust. Um, then uh, the week after that, we'll have a conversation with Jason Williams, like I talked about, um, about trustworthy sayings in the Bible, there's this section that talks about this is a trustworthy saying. So we're going to kind of dig into that. And then we're going to wrap up our discussion uh, in a couple of weeks uh, from now talking about how to be discerning of what you trust and Mm -hmm. how to build a character of trustworthiness yourself. So that's kind of framework for this series. Uh, we always want to qualify it by saying things could change, but as of right now, (laughs) that is, that is the framework for where we're going. So let's kind of dig into this a little bit and just talk about trust right now. So it's kind of a, it's, it's almost a cliche to start this way, but let's just look at what trust even means, right? Because there's trust as a noun and there's trust as a verb. So trust as a noun has actually been defined as assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something. There's a lot there, and, and, and yeah. we're going to unpack that a little bit more later in this episode, especially when it talks about character, ability, strength, mm-hmm. truth. You know, um, so that's trust as a noun, and then there's trust as a verb, which is to rely on the truthfulness or accuracy of, or to place confidence in. To hope or expect confidently, so that's like I am trusting you, right? Like mm-hmm, there is mm-hmm. um, that—that's a—that's kind of the active part of of what trust means. So, so, what I want us to just just be aware of is that we're really focusing right now on the idea of character, the idea of that you are placing confidence in something, right? Mm -hmm, Those are kind of some mm -hmm. key parts of of those definitions that are gonna inform um, our conversation today.
1: Yeah, so based on those two definitions, um, we can kind of think of trust in two ways. So one of the ways is I believe that what this person is saying is true. I hear it and I believe that it's true. Yeah. But then there's another dimension that's like, I believe that this person has my best interest at heart and that's actually a little bit different right because mm-hmm. that comes that, that aims at their motivation and why are they saying what they're saying and can I, can I receive what they're saying is true? Yeah. So if we if we look at these um, one at a time, so I believe that what this person is saying is true, that speaks to what you were just talking about a minute ago, right? their ability their accuracy like do they know what they're talking yeah. <laughs> about are they credible
0: exactly right? yeah yeah
1: <laughs> and there's a lot that comes at us today and and you we should be asking that question more is this credible right and this can go for sources big big sources out there like the politics and media and religious leaders you know so we can ask is what they're saying true but then we can also take it to A personal level. Like what about the people in my life? Are they telling me is what they're telling me true? Are they telling me the truth? Are the people that I'm listening to actually telling me what is true? Are they, do they actually know what they're talking about? So that's the first kind of way to think about this.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. It's important to recognize that there's kind of that big, broad, you know, people who speak to you know, thousands or tens of thousands or millions of people, you know, as is speaking truth, right? So, so when a politician is making a speech is you can say, is this person actually, (laughs) is this person telling me the truth is what they are saying true, right? Same thing with the media is there's what they are saying on the news. Is that true? Right. Um, And so, so, so if you take it the big and broad and, and then you also take it the personal, just is the person, is my is my mom, is my dad, is my brother, my sister, so. is my friend, are they telling me the truth right now? And that's just kind of a basic level because that's that because you have that personal relationship with them. So it just right. adds a different dimension. But then there's also like, are the experts I go to telling me the truth, right? Is the plumber that I ask to come because I have a leak, are they telling me the truth about the issue, about what is needed to fix the issue, mm-hmm. you know, or the or the mechanic, mechanic or the, or the doctor <laughs> is there something is this telling is are they telling me the truth right so so that's where we, that's that first basic level of is what they are saying true but then right. there's the other kind of level of trust which is um saying i trust or i believe this person has my best interest at heart and that more speaks to the character piece right. of that noun part of trust that we were talking mm-hmm. about a little bit ago and it still fits into these big broad well, I should say it should still fits into these two categories, the big and the broad and the personal, right? So the big and the broad, are politicians, are, are they not just saying the truth, but are they, are, do they have my best interest at mind or are they just, are they being dishonest to get votes, right? There's the, the, mm-hmm. These are questions that, that we should be asking. Same thing with the media, right? Is the media do they have my best interest at heart? Is that why are they, so are they telling me the truth? Do I believe that they have my best interests at heart and they are telling me the truth? Or are they maybe being dishonest in order to get more clicks or to get more right. views or to speak to a particular group to get more clicks or more views, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's like the personal side of it too. So you have the big and the broad, but you also have the personal. And does this person in my life, you know, I don't count a media or politicians as being in my life, does right. these people in my life, do they care about me or do they may have or do they possibly have ulterior motives uh, that are going to cause me harm? Right. So maybe I think they're telling me the truth, but maybe they have an ulterior motive and it's kind of a shaded truth or a mixed truth, you know, right. kind of thing. Right. Right. So is all this being said, is this is this whole concept of truth of trust Mm -hmm. of me putting my trust in someone or something. Mm -hmm. This goes back to what we've been talking about a lot on the podcast lately. And it's been talked about all over the church everywhere a lot lately, (laughs) which, which is attachment theory, right? Right. Which is just this idea that we instinctively attach ourselves to things or people that make us feel seen right. Or that they, or mm-hmm. that show care and affection towards us, right. That, that make us feel wanted or known or loved. And when, so, so when something like that, if we feel like somebody sees us or knows us or mm-hmm. loves us, then we begin to trust what we are a- attached to, right. Those type of things speak to us. Cause we have a, an inner need to be mm-hmm. known, to mm-hmm. be seen, to be heard, to be understood, to be loved. So we start forming attachments to those type of things. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, this is kind of a, a tangent, but I watched this TED Talk yesterday. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen this one, Linda. It's this seven-year-old girl is giving this TED Talk. And, and the hook of it is, is, did you know that a game of peekaboo can change the world? And oh, she's just talking, and she's in theory, she's talking about attachment theory. Sure. She's talking yes. about how, yes, how in little kids, especially ages under five, right, yep. they, they crave that attention to for, for, for parents or, or yep. other people to give them attention. Mm-hmm. And the more that attention you give them, the more attached they become, the more self confident they become, the yep. more yep. sure that, you know, all these different things. So, Again, it's not just happening in the church world, but a lot of people, including this awesome seven-year-old who did an amazing job, are talking about attachment theory in this way. And that's exactly what we're talking about here is we begin to trust what we are attached to. And ultimately, what it comes down to is that trust is a choice, right? Giving your trust, choosing to trust something, it is a choice. Sometimes it feels like it's, like it's not, right? but ultimately mm-hmm. it is because you are making a decision to, and oftentimes we don't even realize it, but it's what we're doing is you're making a choice to trust and we have to choose, right? Whom or what to trust. And in a future episode, as I mentioned earlier in the final episode of the series, we'll dive into that a little bit more and talk about how to be, how to be discerning of that. But it's important to get this attachment theory, overall context of that we are drawn or we are we gravitate towards things that make us or or people that make us feel known and loved and then it makes it that much easier to choose to trust in those areas or in that circumstance
1: even as you were talking i was thinking about um if you're hitting this topic cold you know and you're just listening this is a deeper thinking about trust and who we trust than probably most people have taken the time you know i mean it just this is like to to realize that I might be trusting somebody that I haven't vetted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we be- should <laughs>
0: clarify, it's important to put this out there as as this warning. We will not be telling you who or what to trust. Oh no. <laughs> that is that is not what is happening on this episode. Much like in our politics series that we did last year, we did we were not getting into actually, you know, taking sides on things and more we we're just encouraging the thinking, the thought process to get, you know, to encourage you to step back and think, oh, maybe I should think about this. And especially Uh as it comes to our discipleship, it's important to think about the things that we are putting our trust in. Right. So anyway, yeah. yeah, And it just, it just (laughs) occurred
1: to me that we tend, I think sometimes we put trust and move forward and we're far down the road and we haven't asked these questions. And it's just this moment of like, oh, wow, like (laughs) this may require some self-reflection because maybe I am trusting people or things that I don't even know Mm -hmm. if they're telling me the truth or if they have my best interest at heart. So anyway, just occurred to me that this could be like eye opening, you know, (laughs) it's that moment. (laughs) So anyway, let's, let's break down this idea of something being trustworthy. What, what does that even mean? And I mean, at its simplest level, is it worthy of trust? And again, now you're asking questions, you know, trust should be earned. Does it, Is the person or the piece of information I'm receiving, is it worthy of me believing Mm -hmm. it, of me taking that in and adding it to my collection of truth, you know, Mm -hmm. can this be relied on as honest or truthful? And so there are some ways, even if we haven't really thought about it before, but if you, when you slow down and think about, well, how do I decide who to trust? There's a couple of ways we normally do this one is like a history or of experience right like i've known you for a long time you have always been honest with me so i'm going to believe that if you walk across the hall and tell me something it's true right so this person and she says has- walk
0: across the hall because we literally have offices right across the hall from each other right. so that's
1: <laughs> literally across the hall um, but but this we have a history of of trust between us. So if you tell me something, I lean on that history and I say, "Oh, what Jason is telling me is true." So that's the first way, it's just the history. Mm-hmm. There's also a character assessment. When I've known somebody and I know them to be good of trust, good trustworthy character, then I can believe what they're telling me. There's also advocacy. So like if you tell me, "Hey, this is so and so and they're great and you can believe them and you can trust them because I already trust you," And if you've advocated for this person, then I feel like I can trust them. So that's kind of how we we decide, even if we don't go through those actual machinations of like, yeah. oh, I can trust the history. That's kind of how we make those decisions. It happens quick.
0: Yeah, and I think I think these three are kind of the deeper ones, right? They're they have the ability to take us to deeper levels of trust. If if you're trusting based off of history or experience, then you've, you know, have a track record, right? Right. If you're doing it based off of character assessment, then you are are kind of are taking the whole picture. So you can Mm -hmm. see that this person, right, is, is honest. You can see that this person has, has integrity. They are humble. They're, you know, great. They're kind. So, so trust is easier usually to give
1: when Mm -hmm. you're kind of
0: doing an overall character assessment of somebody. And then advocacy is, 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 another, is another big one. Like, you know, I was on, I started on the team, you know, again, I've been on the team for a long time, but you were on the team a week before me. right? And so, and so like when Rob said, you should, you know, work with Linda on foundations and bring her in. Mm -hmm. Like I had Rob's advocacy saying, I've, I have vetted this person you should trust this person, you know, kind of thing. And and there we go. And then it was the beginning of a beautiful friendship as, uh, as they like to say.
1: (laughs) So relationships, real meaningful relationships require trust, right? Any, any deep, meaningful relationship in your life requires trust. And that trust makes it safe to be vulnerable, to open up, to share the good, the bad, the the struggles, the, you know, all of those things, if you don't have trust, none of that's going to happen, you know? So, um, it means when I'm in a trusting friendship, when I've got trust with somebody, I don't fear their judgment. I don't fear their rejection. If I mess up, like that is a safe place. It can be beautiful. I mean, we're designed to have these trusting relationships with one another. Um, but trust also means that, I give you permission to speak into my life. You know, we, mm-hmm. we went back to that definition about does this person have my best interest at heart? Um, yeah. You know, sometimes in a trusting friendship, you have to tell somebody a hard thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you might have to tell them a truth that they don't want to hear, but because of the trust that you have, when that person says to you, Hey, you know, we need to work on this, or I was concerned about this, that comes Not as something that I need to get defensive and and shy away from, but I know you have my best interest. So when you share truth, I can trust your your intention in our friendship. And so then that allows me to open up and receive that from you. If there's not trust, then, you know, who knows why you're saying that to me and I'm not going to be vulnerable and I probably won't change.
0: Yeah. It also shouldn't just be one-sided, right? Like you are less likely... To be able to trust somebody or see someone as safe is another way of saying right. this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which is actually becoming more more popular way of talking right. about this topic is mm-hmm. seeing someone as safe, right? Safe. So, but if you feel like like you have a friend who is only <laughs> speaking into your life but not receiving anything that you are giving right. into theirs, then it's no longer a safe relationship, right? And kind of trust isn't fully there anymore because it's feels like oh well, well it seems, seems like this person is you know sees me as something different as a project or something like that
1: <laughs> right. right and no
0: longer <laughs> as as a friend but i think yeah i i don't want to miss exactly what you were saying the the beauty of the way that god designed us mm-hmm. to want to to innately desire to trust Mm-hmm. one another. And we have to remember that like in, in Eden, <laughs> right. trust was just there. It was, you know, like, cause there was no sin. So there was no breaking of, trust. you know, right. it was just, it was designed to be this, you know, perfect, true relationship. Right. So, so we can try to get a picture of that, right. Trust leads to vulnerability, right. Trust means not having to fear judgment. Trust means allowing, you know, is, making allowances, right? These right, are all big things. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at the church, right, right. it's mm-hmm. so important to see that God designed the church to be mm-hmm. a family, right? right? And that our shared relationship with God, I like to call it our siblingness. Yes. Right. <laughs> right. That, that should be the cornerstone of what a trusting, loving relationship with one another could look like.
1: For sure. For sure. The Bible even talks about the fact that we should have these trusting relationships with other people. Um, Proverbs, which is our book of wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. It continually talks about the wisdom of seeking counsel from others, from this interdependence that we are called to. Proverbs twelve fifteen says, fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Mm-hmm. And then Proverbs fifteen twenty two says, plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. Yeah. So, you know, God's design is for us to trust each other and be interdependent on each other. And I mean, the whole iron sharpens iron only works in a trust based <laughs> yeah, <that's> relationship.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, that's so true. Yeah. And so, so, so we wanted to set that up as kind of the picture of what trust could and should be, right? Sure based on those those avenues of assessing trust or determining trust, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> History or experience, character assessment, advocacy, right? But I think, unfortunately, there are some other reasons that are becoming more and more common for why we mm-hmm. choose to trust something or someone, right? So for example, we may choose to trust trust a person who says something, even if it's just one thing, they, they right. may just say one thing that that I like, So I should trust them for then everything else that they say, right? Oh, well, this person thinks this or said this. So that person must be a genius or that must person must be, (laughs) you know, a prophet for lack of a better word. And I should trust everything that they say. Right. Um, Another, another more common reason that we're seeing now is this person has a wide reach or they have a lot Mm -hmm. of clicks on their videos. Mm -hmm. You know, they have a lot of views, so they must be saying something true right they must be true I should trust this so look at all these other people that are choosing to trust this too yeah um, right that's that's another one that could be problematic um, a third one a lot of people or it's, 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 it's almost the opposite right where oh a lot of people like this per or I'm sorry I should say a lot of people don't like this person I'm being told to cancel this person so obviously right. obviously they must be saying something true. Like, you know, I, I, have, I, have, I, I, have, I have heard from people who, who think that way, like, oh, if people are angry at this person, then they must be speaking truth, thing. right? right. <laughs> that's, that's another one. Um, or perhaps the biggest one, mm-hmm. this person or this thing makes me feel a certain way. So yeah. I'm going to choose to trust it because I like the feeling or because it brings up these feelings in me or whatever, right? Like, I think that these ways... Of determining trust are becoming a bit more common, yeah. But they, it, but I would say that they are kind of a shallow level of trust, right? They're not doing the same due diligence of mm-hmm. the first ones that we talked about, right?
1: Well, and I think too the the um, just the nature of communication in 2021 is that it's coming at you constantly. So the act of discernment takes a little bit more effort. You know, you used to have an evening news broadcast and a newspaper, and that was the only news (laughs) that you had. And you only had to make that decision twice a day. Now it's fast and furious. And we know that even sometimes, you know, I mean, the more you hear, the more you just go down a path and like, you stop thinking about whether or not I should trust. You just accept it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's the exactly. The path of least resistance. Exactly. So, so let's dive into a little bit about what actually happens when we make the choice to trust, right? Because when a choice is made, and I'm choosing to trust something or someone, mm-hmm. right? What we are doing, even if we, even if you do not realize it, is what you is you're entering into an arrangement. You mm-hmm. tell me what to believe and I believe it. Mm-hmm. That is what's happening mm-hmm. when we choose to trust. And, and we should remember at this point, almost a warning sign. Remember, we read in, in Proverbs fourteen sixteen says, the wise are cautious. Right. So that's like our warning sign. The well, wise are cautious <laughs> because the problem is is, is, is this arrangement. Now we just talked about all of the beautiful things that can come out of a trusting relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. However, um, an arrangement of trust, especially when based off of not great reasons or, or determining factors for sure. choosing to give that trust, it, this trust then can be weaponized for nefarious purposes, right? Because right. you, you can tell me not to believe something, or you can tell me to believe something, and I will either not believe or believe it, right? If you tell me not to believe something, I won't believe it. Or if you tell me to believe something i'll believe it right and that can be used you know for good or for ill sure right because you may make me distrust something or someone and i will believe the reasons that you tell me i shouldn't trust them or him Mm -hmm. or them right Mm -hmm. Mm um and one of the ways that we see this play out the most i think is in group clusters right because we've made the choice of what or whom to trust and then we right. tend to surround ourselves with other people who trust mm-hmm. the same thing or the same person, right? Right, or or who think of the same way. And we all kind of say, "Oh, like yes, we all trust this person. We we you know, I'll, I'll follow mm-hmm. this person or whatever it is." And this is the the easiest, the most effective way that we've seen this happen is obviously on social media. And now, what we're not going to do right here is just take time to bash. No. On social media. It's really just talking about like, this is the reality of things is, right. is, is this is the easiest way to form a group cluster because you can choose who you follow or what to like. Right. Exactly. And even websites use cookies to track what you are reading or what you are researching or looking up. And will send you more things like that. And will continue to send you those same things. Right. I mean, so you keep seeing similar information.
1: Right. And then you get the confirmation bias, right? I mean, you. Exactly. You know, leads like, to confirmation everything bias. I read says the same thing. Well, I wonder how that happened. Yeah.
0: It leads to confirmation bias. bias. It leads to a hive mind or a group think, a phenomenon, mm-hmm. which is we all just think the same thing because we keep seeing this thing, right? Um, and and then it takes a step further. If somebody in your trusted group introduces an idea about something else that they either trust or mistrust, then you are more likely to then go along with it. And that's how right. things continue to just kind of spiral out of control and ultimately if left, left unchecked. That's how conspiracy theories do get formed, right? Is Mm -hmm. one person says it, and but you're in a trusting culture, a group culture of trust, and so then more and more people start saying it, and then you start seeing it more and more. Mm -hmm. So that's Mm -hmm. that's how this spiral works, (laughs) right? Yes. (laughs) Ultimately, friends, ultimately the choices that we are making about information consumption they demonstrate where you are putting your your trust, right? Because the news channel that you watch right now. I would bet that you are more likely to trust one or two news channels, but then you do not trust the others. Right. Right. That is probably, that is the most likely case right now is you have one or two. I trust these the rest. I think that they are biased. I think they're out to get me or whatever, you know, that they do not have my (laughs) best interest at heart. Right. Uh Right. You don't trust that they are factual, right. You, or, or you don't trust that they're unbiased. You think maybe that they are manipulating Viewers to believe something specific, which is Mm -hmm. the antithesis of what you believe, right? Right. The same thing is true with the websites that you go to, right? Or the books that you read, or the podcasts you listen to. Honestly, maybe even like the doctor you go to, right? These are now common places for you to make choices entirely on the principle of, do you do they think like me, and are they advocating for my agenda, right? Right. And that's just that's kind of the reality. that we're in right now.
1: Yeah, and it's, what's interesting is that this reality has had very real time consequences on kind of how our culture is thinking about like the institutions that we used to trust, (laughs) the the things that we used to find, um, like this is trustworthy. And I know that what they tell me, I can believe and I can act on. And so there was a study, called the Edelman Trust Barometer Study for 2021. And they looked at a number of measures of public trust and they did it by country. And then they have kind of, I mean, a big worldwide perspective, but just talking about the United States, the state of trust in 2021, there were some fascinating um, findings that came out of this. And I mean, I noted just a couple, one of them is that of all they they looked at government they looked at the media and they looked at non-government organizations and then businesses and those were the four sort of big buckets that they asked people you know how do you how do you feel about these are these trustworthy are they not business came out on top as both competent and ethical over governments the media and non-government organization which includes churches and religious organizations. So business was seen as the most competent and the most ethical of all of them, which to me was just staggering. (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) Um, And among those questioned, only 42% even trust their religious leaders right now. That's that's actually down 4% over the last year, year over year. So that again, it's like, This season and this period of time that we're in, the traditional the places where we have traditionally placed our trust, we are beginning to question and to -hmm. to be suspicious about all of these places that we have traditionally trusted. And that that is very um, disorienting when all the things you thought you could trust you're beginning to doubt and you're beginning to wonder and you're beginning to question. And I think it's, you know, to some of the other things we've talked about in earlier, in earlier seasons, but just of the division that we're seeing, it's because people don't trust each other. There's the sense that, well, they're not telling me the truth. They don't have my best interest at heart. Um, the things that people were willing to trust their own community Their employer, so their own community, 62% said, I would trust people in my community. Mm -hmm. 63% said, I would trust my employer. And 73% said, I would trust science. So, and I just thought, so it's gone from, so the places where we used to put our trust, you know, now it's like my group of people, my Mm -hmm. employee, you know, where I work, my group yeah. of people. You know? yeah. <laughs> and then science. And that's it. Um, the other thing that I thought was really, really sad is that f- more than 50% worried that government leaders are purposely trying to mislead people. Not that they, not that you would say, Well, I don't agree with the person in power. That's not what they're saying. Yeah. No, they're not saying I have a different political view. They're saying they are, they are actually wanting to mislead me and that Mm -hmm. they are saying things they know are false. So they are lying to me. Yeah. And then 60% believe that about the media, that they are purposely trying to mislead. It's not like I watch one newscast over the other because it's at a better time or I like the newscaster better. It's like these people are lying to me intentionally, 60%. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, no wonder people get so defensive and so, you know riled up because they hear something and when they hear it if they've already decided that that source is somebody they believe is lying to them then i mean there's yeah. no coming back from that yeah just, and it
0: just leads to this confusion right especially because because how it yeah how it seems that it's end up is you have people you know who are very staunch on one side who yeah. believe you know i trust this one side and i don't trust the other side And the same thing is true on the other side. I trust this side. I do not trust the other side. And then what you end up with is all these people in the middle who are saying, who are just confused.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah. I don't know
0: what to believe.
1: Well, you know, I've I've said to my husband a number of times, you know, it used to be that we could agree on what was true and then we had different opinions about it. I like it. I don't like it. Now, people don't even agree on what's true. Like the bar... (laughs) it's gone way down to the point where we can't even agree like if i bring out a fact they're like well that's not true
0: yeah yeah and and if that's the case it's hard to get it's it's hard for a society to move forward or to when there's not even a basis for what do we trust if everything is is deemed untrustworthy or you know by by half of the country or whatever then it's really hard to get anywhere but it's also important to realize or to remember that trust that that this these eras of mistrust, at least mm-hmm. in my mind as I think about it, they go in cycles, right? So sure. so 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 like you can go back starting in the early 1900s, right? And you have this mm-hmm. era of prohibition, and it was this, right. and there was this sense of mistrust. Who was going to rat me out, like like yeah. the government trying to kick <laughs> me you know, all that stuff. And then and then you had like the world war II era, and it was high trust mm-hmm. everywhere. But then you had McCarthyism in the late fifties and sixties. And that was a whole nother era of distrust, but mm-hmm. then it led to like the seventies, eighties, which was a high area of trust. And, mm-hmm. and then you had so these things come in waves and cycles. So it's just so happens that it seems like we're in this, you know, you know, this down swing of the pendulum, if you right. will. In terms of, in terms of how we trust, I I wanted to mention that there is this academic paper that was published at Berkeley Mm -hmm. this year that looked at, um, how a polarization, which is essentially what we're talking about, about these two trenched sides. Um, it's not just increased in politics over the last 50 years, but it's increased in how entities even like universities or the military or journalism Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. schools, how all of these entities are seeing growing a polarization in levels of trust. And I'm sure even just me saying that this paper was produced by Berkeley (laughs) may have elicited a certain response in you based on your opinion about the school and whether you trust Berkeley as an institution or not. Right. Right. So it's, it's just, it's, it's not just in government. It's not just in, in the media, which are kind of the two main things that you may go to Mm -hmm. in terms of trust, but it's everywhere. And so Obviously, we're kind of just led, or or we may find ourselves in this position of, ah, what do we do? Yeah, (laughs) right. That's the whole reason that this idea was approached to us by Jason, saying it just seems like there's just this huge of question of trust. What do I trust? How do I trust? How do how do I navigate this minefield Mm -hmm. of -hmm. trust? Right. So, what do we do with all this?
1: Right.
0: What do we do with all this? It's important to. keep in mind first and foremost that this is the first episode of a series we're going to be doing on trust, right? But first we wanted to kind of wrap up this episode by getting a little bit more practical. What do we do with that? You know, with this plate of, (laughs) of, of, of issues related to trust that you've just been presented with, what do I do with this? (laughs) The first thing that we should do, first thing that we should always do is to pray. The pray about it. Talk with God about what to trust. Talk to God about what you shouldn't trust or what you should mm-hmm. be cautious of, right? Talk to God about how to navigate all these different areas that we've been talking about. I think that's something we've been talking about, how we're in this season of choosing what to trust and what not to trust. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It, it can be easy, I should say it can be easy for us to forget to talk with God about it. Right. Cause usually we're just inundated with information or we mm-hmm. are talking with our friends so much about it or our family so much about it. And sometimes we forget to just talk, you know, to talk to God about it. Right. God is truly the only one who knows what is true. Like who knows right. what <laughs> is right. And we can come to him, ask him for wisdom, ask him mm-hmm. for discernment, which we'll talk about again in our fourth episode in the series, but just talk with God about it. He wants to yeah. talk with you about
1: it. He does. And he's invited us to ask him for wisdom, right? Exactly. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask God who gives generously to all without giving fault or without assigning fault. So yes, ask God.
0: Exactly. So first, so what do we do? We pray first.
1: Yep. Second,
0: be humble.
1: Mm. Nobody
0: knows everything. So right be on. humble. I do not know everything. You do not, as much as my wife tells me, I think I know everything. Honey, I love you. (laughs) I do not know everything. You do not know everything. The people Mm -hmm. that we trust do not know everything. (laughs) Sometimes I think we forget that, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? It says in Proverbs 15, 25, the Lord tears down the house of the proud. Yeah. Right. So admit that you make mistakes. You err, you sin. You and because of this, because we make mistakes, because we don't know everything, you may inadvertently break somebody's trust, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Do not make the mistake of thinking that you are infallible and that you could be wrong in who you choose to trust. Do not make that mistake either, right? Similarly, it's important to just keep that in mind. Just remember people make people, A, they make mistakes. And mm-hmm. sometimes there are people who have nefarious motives, right? Yep. And you may not even know it. You may, so, so just be aware. It's that being cautious. Do not be too proud to think that, oh, like, oh, I know this for a fact to be true. Like, hey, hold on. Like, yeah. <laughs> like maybe you do have reason to know something for a fact, but also maybe you don't. So, right. you know, just always err on the side of humility.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing we can do with all this is to give grace. Um just remember that we all see things differently and we come to just about everything with a different perspective and it's through the lens of our own experience and our what we've been exposed to. So we just need to give grace to one another and recognize that we all have different opinions on different things. So let's, you know, learn to listen more than we speak and and you know,
0: yeah. Your background, because, your history, your culture, exactly. your experiences, your everything is, is different. Each person's is different.
1: Yep. yep. So always so, take that
0: into account.
1: So grace. The other thing is to communicate. You know, one of the things we talked about a little bit earlier is we tend, and I don't even know if we do it on purpose, but we tend to surround ourselves with people who are saying the same things as us and who agree with us. But There is value in hearing the other side. So talk to people that think differently and ask questions. Why do you trust this? Why, you know, like clearly you and I see things differently. Tell me how you arrived at that decision. You know, if you ask the question and then listen, (laughs) you might learn something. Proverbs 18, 13 says spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. And so there's this, this moment that, you know, like Jason was just talking about humility says, I don't know everything I can make mistakes. And then we say, okay, teach me, talk to me. It doesn't mean you're going to have to agree with them, but mm-hmm. talk and listen, and at least hear their perspective, because maybe they're coming from a place that if you put yourself in their shoes, you'd be able to understand how they came to the conclusion they're at.
0: Yeah, And you know if this is if this is something that you want to dive into a little bit more, we did a whole series earlier mm-hmm. this this summer on listening and then we did a whole series on relational re-engagement. So go back and check out those episodes if you wanted to kind of dive into that topic a little bit more too. Um, the number five one. So, so one, we talk about prayer, be humble, yeah. give grace, communicate. Number five, and this is the one that we'll wrap up with right now. Is go back to the source. Yep. As Christians, we believe that the Bible is the ultimate source of truth.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: so when we are struggling and when we don't know how to move forward, who do we trust? What, what's wise? What is not what, you know, mm-hmm. go back mm-hmm. to the Bible. Read up on what God says about wisdom and making good choices. And, mm-hmm. and just enter, enter into that relationship through prayer mm-hmm. and through Bible reading, just go, go back to the source. And that's what we're going to talk about next week, right? Is we're going to talk all about if, if the, if we believe that the Bible is the ultimate source of truth, which we do, then what does that mean for our sure. lives and how we approach this question of, of trust? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just uh, again, to recap the series the week after that, then we're going to look about what the Bible says about being trustworthy Mm -hmm. And then in the final week, we're going to talk about how we should be discerning about what we trust and how we can grow our character to be trustworthy ourselves. So, uh, friends, I I hope that this topic is like sparking something. Mm -hmm. Hopefully it's just asking, it's starting to ask these questions and hopefully these five steps that we kind of talked about at the end are kind of some, some good little, you know, helper's points about, you know, (laughs) to get you started um, into kind of thinking in asking yourself okay what do I trust here why do I trust this mm-hmm. and then move forward with that again trust can be a beautiful thing right mm-hmm. um, so I, I don't want to I don't want to discount that or to steer away and, and, and suggest that you shouldn't trust anybody or anything because that's not true but it is but it is good to kind of you know to be discerning about that kind of stuff. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for, for this whole conversation that we're going to be having and, um, yeah, we'll be back to you guys, uh, next week with our conversation about the Bible as truth with, uh, pastor Tom holiday. So friends, we love you. We will uh, talk to you again next Tuesday.